Hello and welcome to Hymnscast. I'm Jonah Comstock, Editor-in-Chief at Hymns Media, and I'm here with Laura Lovett, Associate Editor at Moby Health News. Laura has been running around town these past couple months here in the Boston area where Moby Health News is based, visiting a symposium at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, uh, a sort of office visit at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, and a gathering of startups uh, connected to the launch of Mass Challenges Health Tech Group. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of those things and what we see on the ground in the world of health tech and digital health. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Yeah, it's been an exciting month. So let's start out. Um, give us the rundown on on each of these each of these events. Um, what were you there to do or or to see? Yeah, so starting off with kind of the symposium at the Dana-Farber, that was centered around patient safety. So it's some of those questions around validation, but also kind of looking at how are providers trained up to use these tools? Um, Because it's one of the big issues is that, you know, you may have new nurses coming in and they're training, this is their first job training, and then these new tools are sort of added. So how do you train the staff to actually be able to use those tools and not complicate the job but actually sort of improve the, improve the quality there. Um, so that's what that one was about. And we got to hear innovators from all over the world. So we had people from the NHS, there were people from Spain, and then obviously right here in Boston, um, there were a lot of folks coming from the hospitals. Then I went over to Beth Israel, and it was uh, Dr. John Toros's lab. It's the digital psychiatry lab. So what they're doing there is a lot of really interesting things. They're looking at digital biomarkers. So it's basically a patient's digital footprint. So it can include anything from patient-answered surveys to passive tracking, so like your GPS, how many messages you're answering. It doesn't actually look at what those messages include, but that kind of passive um, passive answer, passive data collecting, rather, um, to kind of get a beat of what everyone's baseline is, and then if it's really deviating from there, so that they can kind of keep track of, you know, how people are doing in their mental health and well-being. And then lastly, uh, I went to the Mass Challenge open night, uh, which was great. So there's a lot of new startups. It was 27 new startups coming into the picture. Um, I interviewed a few on stage. So I interviewed Marigold Health, which was really interesting because it focuses sort of on that Medicaid population. And it's looking at mental health and addiction. So how do we reach that population? And I thought that was really interesting because we don't see a lot of companies focusing on that population. So also looking at social determinants of health and things like that. Um, But there were a ton of different companies there focusing on, actually there were a few on addiction, but also companies using VR, companies using data analytics. So kind of all over the board there. Great. So let's take them one at a time. Uh, Let's talk about Dana-Farber. So you said there were a a lot of different stakeholders here addressing this idea of patient safety, and not just the theory, but also the practice and the operationalizing. Um, What were some of the most interesting insights that you heard there, anything that made you think of something a way you hadn't thought about it before? Yeah, one of the one of the key insights was talking about education and where do we start bringing this in. And you know, digital health is such a new kind of field, right? So we don't actually have a field of study starting to more and more, but you know, it, it's not like an established field of study. So where do we where do we learn about these? Um, 
you know, new equipment, new technologies, new ways of looking at it. And so actually it was um, someone from the NHS had talked about bringing it into universities. So maybe actually starting earlier and starting to educate uh, people there. And the other thing was even educating patients about this too. So how do we do that so that it's in a safe way that we can actually use, use that um, to tap into, you know, taking care of your own health, things like that too. One of the things you wrote about in your piece, uh, by the way, there are um, pieces by Laura on, on both these two events uh, on Moby Health News, and we'll be providing the links to those in the show description on uh, your podcast platform of choice, as well as on uh, a podcast story on Moby Health News. But in your piece, you talked about an issue in digital health that I've always been fascinated by, which is the contrast and the disconnect between the startup mentality of quote unquote move fast and break things and the uh, healthcare mentality of you know prioritizing patient safety and reducing risk. So talk to me a little bit about that conversation. Yeah, so there was a lot of conversation about just the mindset people are coming into digital health with and you know maybe kind of a, a hubris into into coming into the world of healthcare because healthcare is complicated and the more that startups come in, I think the more they're realizing actually this is a very complex uh, world. But one of the other things that was interesting and kind of brought up was Luba Greenwood, who used to be at Verily, she's now a lecturer at Harvard, she was talking about the difference between startups and big tech as well. And so even you know, she was saying that big tech has the resources and has done a lot of those big hires, which we've seen, you know, Apple, Google has done a lot of hires within the healthcare field. So they have doctors, they have, you know, nurses on staff that can kind of give them over, give them some insight. And also they have a lot of data where there is a difference between that and the startup world, where maybe it's more kind of, you know, by the Maybe it's more by, you know, kind of by your bootstraps, a little bit smaller places with less data. They have to team up with hospitals in a different way. And so sort of looking at that as well. So it's not just the divide of hospitals and tech, but big tech versus small tech um, and what kind of resources they have there and what kind of safety they're looking at. So let's move on and talk about Beth Israel. Um, this was not a conference or an event, right? You were just invited to tour the facilities and meet the team and just get a first-hand look on what they were working on there, right? Yeah, so actually it's my second trip there. So I went to the digital psychiatry lab last year, right, about a year and a half ago, um, right as they were opening. So I got a chance to look at what the tools might look like in practice and kind of at the very early stages. And now it's really developed. I think, you know, even the team we're seeing, it was expanding um, hugely. So yeah, it was interesting to see where they've come. And now actually having those tools in practice was really cool to see too. So let's get specific. What was the coolest thing that you saw or the, the most exciting technology or, or process that they're doing there? So I'm really interested in these passive data tracking. Um, so basically, that means that there can be this tracking mechanism on a person's phone. They can give access to you know, this program, and the clinician can see everything from you know, your GPS data to your steps data, mess, how many messages were sent out, phone calls, things like that. Again none of it was actually looked at, so you wouldn't have your conversations seen by a clinician, but 
basically the passive data on your everyday life would be seen by the clinician and also by the patient. So everything was transparent. So everything the clinician sees, the patient can see as well, which was a big uh, key point for that facility to actually make sure it was transparent. Patients got to see it. Doctors got to see it. Um, and what that could do was have start a conversation with patients. So, you know, we know a baseline then versus everyone's different. I think about it, you know, if you think about your grandparents versus yourself, you're probably going to have a really different GPS pattern, a call pattern. Um, and so with looking at everybody having a baseline, they're able to sort of tell okay, you're really veered from your baseline, what's going on, and start that conversation. And you can also share some of that data with friends and family, which is interesting because they can also start that conversation. Um, and again, it's only people that the patient decides to put it on that channel, and you know the clinician would make sure that everything is, um, is sort of exposed to the patient as well. And you can look at trends and track different metrics as you go along. One of the sea changes that I, I noticed just in my reporting at, at J.P. Morgan and, and previous to that, uh, actually considered as, as one of our predictions for our 2020 prediction piece, um, is this notion that we're moving in digital health from just getting better at tracking the traditional biomarkers that we've used to detect disease to really looking at what are novel biomarkers, what are ways to track and understand the human body and the human mind that we've just never had access to before because we've never had all of the sensors that our smartphones and our Apple Watches and our Fitbits provide. And so I wonder if there's, if there's a little bit of that going on here too. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one of the important things is we're all so different. And so that can also, so any, for us, deviation looks really different. And we can sort of you know, look at different markers that that kind of make up our day. And I'm sure we all have patterns. So what that looks like coming together. And it's still very much um, at, at Dr. Torres's lab, still very much kind of in the research stage right now. So they said they don't have any, you know, conclusion of this works or this doesn't work. Um, so they're kind of researching it. But they said they've been able to talk to patients. Um, and they were even... One of the uh, research associates was talking about one of her conversations with patients where she asked what was going on at a certain period, and the patient was able to say, actually, I was almost going to be going for inpatient hospitalization at that period. It was really bad. And they were able to actually see that through these biomarkers. And then, um, you know, she said, well, I got a lot better here. And she said, oh, that's when I got a job. And that was by big stressor. And so even though they weren't able to, they didn't have that conversation first, by those biomarkers, were able to track those, you know, life events, which was really interesting. Did you talk at all about whether they're planning to commercialize this eventually? I know they're largely in an academic institution right now? We didn't discuss plans to commercialize. Right now what they're looking at is making sure it works in a global setting. So they're actually expanding to, they're going to be doing a pilot in India. And so um, Dr. Toro said that kind of the plan is to make sure it works globally, but they'd like to expand it so that other hospitals can use this system. But we haven't talked specifically about what it's going to look like in terms of commercialization or anything like that. So let's wrap up by talking about um, Mass Challenge, formerly Pulse at Mass Challenge, now Mass Challenge Health Tech. We've um, we've worked with that organization for a number of years, and and uh, we often play the role that you you played this week, or I guess 
a month ago, <laughs> um, of doing some on-stage interviews of, of some of their companies. But um, Mass Challenge is an accelerator, and their particular pitch or, or value add is that uh, they are really focused on relationships and connecting startups with partners that are going to help them to develop their, their product and have a sort of a symbiotic relationship. Um, so tell me about that event and uh, the, the mood there and what you witnessed. Yeah, so it's a cool event. It's set up sort of, they call it um, science fair style. So all of the accelerators have a different um, booth throughout. So you can go in and like, you know, kind of talk to people about what's going on there. Um, so I talked to four companies. One of the other interesting companies was Amoeba. So what they're doing is they're sort of giving patients a way to connect with researchers to give data, but also for clinical trials, which I think is a really interesting space. Um, we're moving more into, again, looking at how digital health is meeting pharma and life sciences. And uh, that's also talking a lot about patients being in control of data, um, which is a big conversation now as like the consumerization of healthcare sort of comes forward. So that was interesting. We've actually been following that company. Some of these companies are early stage, but they've already kind of been around for a little while, had some funding rounds, things like that. So it was interesting to sort of see how they've progressed um, and, you know, what Mass Challenge is going to mean for them. So I'm curious now, we've talked about each of these things, anything, um, any sort of trends or through lines that you've sort of witnessed between these different experiences and anything you're thinking differently about in digital health? Yeah, I think that validation was a huge point, and that's been a conversation topic, but especially going more to the provider organizations, this is a very much a conversation topic. Um, you know, at patient safety, talking about that versus, you know, just bringing tech in, and it has to be proven, and people have to know how to use it. Um, and then Really interesting, at the Digital Psychiatry Lab, we talked a lot about mental health apps because there are just so many on the market right now. So what differentiates one from another? But also talking about how are these apps validated? I mean, it's something that we haven't um, dealt with before, you know, this digital health revolution. Um, but even looking at what's the difference between going on a, this was a conversation that actually did not make it into the article, but, but talking about how do you validate some, a technology where it's been tested on a desktop but it's going to be used on a phone, right? Like we interact with our phone and our desktop really differently. And so those are interesting questions to kind of be asking going along. Like what was that actually tested on? What does that look like differently for our behavior? Um, and then again, you know, with Mass Challenge, we have younger companies, so that conversation again about validation, how is this being tested, how is it being trained, um, kind of top of mind for everyone there too. Great. Um, we're coming up on HIMSS, of course. Um, we, we all know that because uh, here at HIMSS Media, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to think about anything else for the month leading up. Um, any Any trends, people, things you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really excited for Venture Connect. So I've been really interested in the venture space. I just think, I mean, always money is kind of driving innovation. So what do the trends look like right now? Last year, we sort of saw a slowdown, not 
much of a slowdown, but a little bit of a slowdown in digital health funding. So I'm interested to see what investors are saying sort of on this topic. Um, last year, I kind of by chance ended up talking to Emma Cartmel, and that inspired a whole um, story about women in venture. And so I'm really excited to see, I know she's going to be there again, um, but also to see what other investors are saying if it spurs any other stories like that coming forward. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Uh, it's been a, an exciting month here, a couple of months. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, again, Moby Health News' office is based here in the Boston area. We're in Cambridge. Um, our sister publications, Healthcare IT News and Healthcare Finance News, are based in Portland, Maine. And if you're around either of those areas and you're interested in uh, showing some of our reporters around in person and what you're doing in digital health or in health tech, feel free to reach out to jonah.comstock at himsmedia.com and uh, we can start a conversation. We love to be involved with our local community, and I think Laura's really been showing off lately how valuable that can be. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll wrap here. Uh, once again, you can find articles about these stories at mobyhealthnews.com, and there'll be links in the show description. Mm -hmm.